I'm Juice and I'm amped. Me too. Wait, I got a quick question for you, Isaiah. Sure. What do bananas, why did the banana okay. go to the doctor? <laughs> you know, why don't you tell me? Oh, because he wasn't peeling well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose? Yes, it's true. Take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know that you are out there or stop by on a Sunday sometime. We love to connect with you. Yes, yeah, so that's when you tell them to hit the little like yeah, button. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Table communities are kicking off in a few short weeks. Take this opportunity to find your people. Go to our website and look at the group page to sign up for a group or two. Yeah, what what group are you doing? Um, maybe water aerobics or something. Water aerobics, okay, great. I was thinking like, what do they call that? Uh, uh, croquet? I don't know. Um, yeah, lastly, thank you for your generosity. If you are looking to give, head to our website, text any amount to 84321, or fill the envelope on your seat and slip it in the giving box on the way out. They're, uh-huh. they're, they're, they're online. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're online. Don't, don't, don't slip it don't, in any boxes. Mm-hmm. You can give online. Yep. We would very appreciate it. Enjoy that. Echo Sunday yes. service. Bye.
God, we're here in the Father's house this morning. Let's give him some praise and some glory. Father, you are worthy of it all this morning. And this old song called Worthy of All was just resonating in my heart this whole week. So I just want to sing that with you this morning. You are worthy of it all. to be into 
your gates this morning, your inner gates, praise and worship Jesus. Father, we exalt you, we, we love you, we praise you today. you here at Echo Church. Father, I pray that you would teach us to worship you even more daily, Father, to really know what it is to worship you in spirit and in truth, Father. And I want to look into the camera wherever it might be, and I want to welcome our online community that's watching at home. And there's a little bit of a transition here with people in-house and those that are staying at home. And uh, I just want to say, hey, you know, we love you. We appreciate you. We miss you. Can't wait to see you soon. Uh, but you do you at home, and uh, may God bless you and touch you in your home. Do we love our online community, everybody? We are in the middle of a, a series now called 100% juice. Uh, and as I did last week, there's a difference between 100% juice and 100% vitamins, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean. What I found out after using the reference of Sunny D is there are uh, some good friends of mine that, that are, addicted, are addicted to Sunny D. And I kind of felt bad that I was kind of running high, you know, hot on, on Sunny D. But you, know, you, guys, you guys are a church that forgives and you overcome uh, the pastor's analogies and illustrations, and you get the point. No matter uh, no matter what, what we want to do and what we want to accomplish as a church is we want to be filled with the Spirit more and more, and less from the world more and more. We well, I, I want to remind you today that that what matters most is not what's on the label, but what's on the inside of us. Can I hear an amen? 
And that's what we're going for. John Mark, John Mark Comer, John Mark Comer says this, we're free to be loved for who we are, but yet loved into who we are not yet. And I think that's the journey that we're on here as a church, individually yet collectively in this series that's focusing on the fruits of the spirit and leaning into to Jesus saying, Lord, would you begin to do a work within me? I thought last week was so important with what was being spoken that I felt I feel like I need to recap it just also slightly. So we're all on the same page as we move forward in today's uh, ideas. Uh, but last week, what I, 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 I kind of framed up for this series is we need, to, we need to begin to understand that outside we may look like sheep, but inside we're like ravenous wolves. And uh, we all just need to have a reality check. Uh, if, if we see ourself, um, let's see ourselves with, with realism and not just idealism. And again, I know who I want to be, but we all know we're not quite that person yet. And we know what we're capable of. The other things I talked about was last week as I talked about how we need to cultivate the fruit within your work, your workspace, the, the spaces that you're in normally, you know, maybe the most at your most, uh, your most time spent. Like, like you can't just separate the secular with the spiritual, but what if we would, were to bring in our faith really uh, into that workspace and what would we see in 2022? if we begin to allow the fruits of the spirit to become evident through that and in that time. And so in order to, to leverage work as a great harvest ground for, for the fruit of the spirit, we need to begin to see our work as holy. We also need to work as unto the, unto the Lord. And in a, in, a, in a world that's changed over you know, the last few years, I, I think what can really, really set us different from the world in the context of our work is that we work with quality. Can I hear an amen? I mean, we want, we want to experience quality and we can be so judgmental about all the lack of quality that we're around, but let's be those people that are instilling quality and pride within our work. Can I hear an amen? And then finally, I, I, I kind of landed on this one idea and I think we need to repeat this throughout the series is the fruit of spirit is not just a goal. We need them to be seeds planted within our soul our soil. And this isn't about self-help. This is about spirit help. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to help you. So look at a neighbor and say, Holy Spirit, help me. I look at, now, now say back to the other person, you do need some help. If you have your Bibles, open up to Galatians chapter five. And then also, um, if you have the opportunity, we're gonna spend most of our time in the book of John chapter 15. And my goal in this series has been to look at the fruit of the spirit in Galatians, but not just look at that as a letter written by Paul and just go, well, well Paul was just a little bit more legalistic. He was just a little bit more detailed uh, and instead of what I want to do is I want to look at what Jesus has taught Paul. So Paul wrote Galatians. I want to go back throughout this series and, and utilize Jesus's teaching about the fruit uh, and, and kind of connect that throughout the series. So you understand like that the fruit of the spirit is truly at the heart of Jesus's message for us as humans. So here, this, listen to this, John 15, verse one, it says this, I am the true vine. 
and my father is the vine dresser. Okay, now let me just pause. Let me go back to Galatians. Galatians 22, 20 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is, and you can see it on the screen, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I wanna go ahead and just make that, that, this, uh, this assertion right away. If Jesus, if God is the vine, and he's the vine branch, he's the vine dresser, then we have to understand that we don't have this root thing figured out. That we really, really we, we do not have the capacity of creating that the way that Jesus wants to create it in us. And so this is what John's teaching his disciples. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. <laughs> it's one of those scriptures where, like, honestly, when you're looking at yourself going, okay, yeah, okay. Like, sounds good. At the same time, it's one of those scriptures that begin to really, I, I believe it can really begin, if you look at it realistically, it begins. It kind of like is a shot of reality that there are certain things that are part of our life that need to go. And there's some things that need to grow. And, and in, my, in my backyard, I, I've, 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 over the last 10 years, have kind of cultivated this nice backyard in the midst of some woods. And what I've realized was a bunch of junky trees that are in the back. With those trees comes a lot of dead branches. And you all know with the last windstorm or two uh, that the trees stood for the most part, but a lot of branches fell. And so we have to understand in this beginning of this John 1 is let's understand what God's role is and let's understand what our role is. God hasn't called us to be the tree, he's the tree. God hasn't called us to be the vine, he's the vine. He just has asked us to be engrafted within what he's doing. Now let's continue on verse seven of John 15, it says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done to you. I'm gonna read that again. That's really good. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, let me just throw something that's not in my notes, but you need to hear. Some of you have been praying prayers and asking God to do certain things for you and your life. But what you don't understand is he's not answering because it's not in his word. It's not within his character. The more we abide in him, the more that his words abide in us, then we can pray according to his word and whatever we wish, it will be done unto you. That was free. You can tip me later if you like. <laughs> Verse eight, it says, by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And as the father has loved me, so has I, so I, so have I loved you, abide in my love. In verse 10, he, he goes and repeats this again. He says, if you keep my commands, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's command and abided in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give to you. These things I command you so that you will love 
one another. I, honestly, like this is one of my favorite scriptures of reminder, uh, reminding me of the importance of being within God's presence, leaning into his words, uh, leaning into the community uh, that, of a church, the church body to, to help me be in a fertile soil for growth for these spiritual fruits. And what this scripture begins to do is it reminds us that, that there is a point to all of this. And what I wanna do, and again, this is maybe, uh, maybe it begins to prove like how much I love scripture and how I love studying it. But as I have uh, looked at the literature of scripture, what I've noticed is sometimes authors use a certain method to really drive home a point. And again, I don't have the, uh, and again, I don't think many of you care, but, uh, but I don't have the specific term for what this type of literary method is, but I want to reveal something within John 15 so that we get the point even more today. It's what I call kind of the walk up the mountain and walk back down the mountain method. So we'd all understand. So if you can just envision you're going on a hike and you start at the bottom and you know, that's kind of the beginning of the journey and there's kind of a midway and then you get to the top and you know, obviously you get to the top and you know, for every good downhill, there's a bad uphill, you know? so it takes you a while. You get to the top, you kind of see the point, you get to see the, the, the vastness of wherever you are and then you've got to go back down. And that's the same thing that the author of John is doing here. He's trying to get this point across of what Jesus is teaching. And let me just show it to you. It's actually on, on screen to help you understand, but there is a central message to what's going on. Number one, the first step up the mountain or at the base of the mountain is he wants to remind you that you are not the vine. You are not the vine, okay? You're connected, but you are the branch. You have been grafted in. You've been grafted in. So everybody look at your neighbor and say, I am not the vine. <laughs> Just because I thought about the grafting concept of, of Jesus as, you know, as the root, right? As the vine and I'm the branch and I'm being grafted in. I went on YouTube and, and, and definitely spent uh, way too much time watching videos of, of people engrafting uh, a branch into a tree or whatever. And, what I found absolutely fascinating about uh, that procedure is what they would do is in, in the fall, they would go ahead and cut a few ideal branches off your favorite trees. And then what they would do is they would go ahead and put it in a freezer or a refrigerator through the season. And then when spring came, they would begin to graft that branch into the stump within, within you know, what, what, whatever you want to say, the tree, what I found absolutely fascinating is they would cut it. They would literally, it was a tree one that I watched. They would cut the tree off at about four or five feet. And then they would go ahead and cut just into part of the bark and then yet into the inner part of the tree. And then they would go ahead and just simply put the branches of their ideal tree. And then you'd have to, you know, obviously make sure it was sealed and make sure that it was safe and and, and do some other things that, that really aren't here nor there. But I, what I absolutely found fascinating as I thought about in our spiritual context is how many of you realize that Jesus 
as he allows you to be grafted in him, not only changes you, but it also changes the perspective of many people about who he is. Because what you do is you go ahead and grab your favorite branches and then you put it into the not so favorite root system. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost as if like a lot of us, when we look at Jesus, we look at God and who he is. Uh, I mean, sometimes we, we, we just like, again, we have a certain perspective of maybe the legalism and, 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 and the religious factor of who God is. But yet what we see over and over in scripture is that Jesus understands who we are and he loves us so much that you have to begin to understand that this graphing component not only affects us, it also, it affects him. And again, God, I believe God is saying yesterday, you know, same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but I do think that we need to challenge ourselves on who we believe God is. So the first step of the mountain is, is, is that we're not, we're not divine, God is. The second step that we need to be reminded of is this, is remain, me, remain in me and remain in my word. So the question I have for you is what word is in your mind? What word is in your heart? When was the last time you simply memorized the scripture in, in the Bible? When was the last time you, uh, you began to process through a reading plan of scripture? When was the last time you looked at scripture as not a negotiable, but a requirement in order for you to make it through the day? I wanna remind us that, that we are not divine. And if we begin to understand that we are not divine, then we have to begin to understand then it's our duty to remain in God. It is, uh, it is our responsibility to lean in and to lean in what, ma- what matters most. And, and to be honest, remaining in me is connected in scripture, and at least in this John 15 reference, is remaining in his word. It's one in the same. And then I believe the pinnacle part of this message, the peak of this mountain within John 15, if I can call it that way, is produce Produced fruit is proof of discipleship. Produced fruit is proof of discipleship. We start with, you're not the vine. It's, you know, okay, I'm not that big of a deal, um, but yet Jesus loves me. Remain in me and my word that there's, there's an element, okay, I have the choice to, to, to be grafted in and stay there or do something else. And then if you do stay there and you do remain in him and his word is true, then guess what? You will begin to produce fruit, which will, prov- will prove that you're a disciple. So my question to you is this, is are you a believer or are you a follower of Jesus? Are you a believer? Are, are, do you like the idea of Jesus or are you an actual disciple of Jesus, and, and I gotta be honest, there's, there's a big difference of fruit between the two. There's a huge difference. And in fact, let me just reference another scripture. It says, even the de- demons believe in who Jesus is. And many of you know that. There, there, there's a difference between one that knows about Jesus and believes in Jesus, but yet there's one that drops everything to follow. There's a difference about one person that, that is willingly surrendered to be grafted within that vine and stay there and absorb what God brings. And then as we go back down the mountain, we're reminded, it says, remain in my love and my commands. 
So I want you to see within this, on the screen is you are not the vine, remain in me and my word. The pinnacle message is this, is produce fruit is proof of discipleship. And then he goes back down the mountain. Guess what? It's the same way that we came. Remain in me and my word. Oh, by the way, remain in my love and my commands. It's another way to say what he wants to say. And then lastly, we get to the bottom and it says this, God chose you. And then what we have to understand is that God didn't only choose you, he's commissioned you. You're not grafted within the vine because it's just really cool analogy. You're grafted into this vine because guess what? God has chosen you and he wants to produce fruit through you. Why? So the world would see him, would see God. Proof of discipleship is the product of love. I mean, just look at that. You're not the vine. We didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it, but he chose to choose us. God chose us. He, he, we didn't, he didn't have to, but he did. And that's the power of this message. And, and it is, it's wrapped around all, these, all this verbiage of love. And, and, and what I want you to understand is this, is our discipleship is a product of God's love. Jesus is love. And if you want to understand the passion and the person of Jesus, you have to understand the passages of Jesus. I'm gonna say that again. If you wanna understand the passion and the person of who Jesus is, you have to understand the passages of Jesus. If we're going to abide in God, we've got to abide in his word. And that's why I think it's so important within this series that I connect the, the teachings of Jesus and his words uh, within the producing fruit concept with the Galatians 5, because God wants us to begin to just dwell within those teachings, those seeds to begin to grow within us. I got a question for you. Have you ever noticed that the world is hostile, hostile towards Christians, but sometimes open to Jesus? Have you ever noticed that the world is hostile towards Christians, but they're open sometimes to Jesus? You don't wanna know why? Because sometimes we get in the way of Jesus's passion. We leverage ourselves between those passages. And I think in the modern day church, part of the issue is we just simply don't know what the word says. We're biblically illiterate. Sometimes, some of us. I mean, maybe none of us here at Echo. We, we, we got this thing figured out, right? We got the, the New Testament memorized. You know what I'm saying? But I think the world is hostile towards Christians because we get in the way of that passion and the passages of Jesus. And if we're gonna be engrafted, if we're gonna be, if God's gonna be the vine and, and we're called to be the branches, it, it's just gonna take us to lean in and say, God, but we're really, what is your word? Will I understand? Will I lean into it? Will I allow you to change me from the inside out? Like I said, the spirit and the fruit of the spirit isn't just self-help, it's spirit help. Would he begin to plant those seeds within us and begin to grow that produce from us? What I wanna tell you today, and I think my main message today is this is in light of the teachings of Jesus and the vine and the branches and, and all the teachings within John 15, I want us to all leave remembering this one point. 
Jesus' love is different. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus' love is different. The context of the scripture that we just read, or I'm gonna, I'm actually, excuse me, what I'm just going to read is in context and surrounded by Jesus teaching his disciples that he's going to leave, that he's leaving and he's being led by his father to a selfless act of surrender that for a world that hates him. That hates Jesus. So Jesus is telling his disciples just before the scripture that I'm gonna read, saying, I'm going to be crucified. I'm leaving and I'm gonna do this for a world that hates me. And in John 13, verse 34, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus's love is different. And if Jesus's love is different, the question I have for you today is this, is your love different? And the whole kind of like maybe tagline to 100% juiced is when squeezed. I'm gonna ask you this again, when squeezed, what comes out of the bottle? When you're put into a situation that isn't exactly comfortable, what comes out of you when squeezed? How do we react? How do we respond? And I believe if we've truly received, if we abide, if we dwell within the love that has been given to us by Jesus, that when we're squeezed, our response is love comes out. Now, I'm gonna get really real today. Can I do that today? Anybody getting scared? Um, we're feeling squeezed again here at the church. <laughs> I don't know if all of you kind of follow um, on social media, but we had three articles associated with us again in the paper. And uh, I just love it. I love it. No, actually, I don't. I, it, I spent most of the week just saying, I don't want to read anything. I don't really care. And there's a free, there are three articles specifically that was written about Echo Church being here at the castle, which is, is in, in kind of indirectly addressing us being here, but yet directly attacking different entities within the group. Again, kind of a complex situation. You guys are aware of that at this point. Uh, and it's not necessarily even the articles that bother me so much, but when you go on social media and it's posted on Facebook or Instagram, how many of you know there's comments below? <laughs> Everybody look at your neighbor, neighbor and say, wind squeezed. <laughs> That's where I'm getting a little real with you. I feel squeezed. And it's not even about the articles, it's about what's sitting underneath the article. I mean, I love it when I read it uh, under one of those. Uh, this lady said, you know what? I could never go to a restaurant when there's a bunch of Christians above and they're all wackos. You know what I'm saying? Like, like woo, yeah, you're like, woo to wackos. 
you know, like that, that's an opportunity for me to kind of feel squeezed, you know, and I'm not even dieting. I'm not interested in it. <laughs> yeah, there's other people that are stating comments and making assertions and, and uh, some people are, I mean, again, it goes all the way around. I'm not trying to state us as victims. We are not, and we won't be that. Uh, but, but yet I just want to let you know how I feel when I begin to read those things because uh, you just begin to see that there's uh, multiple perspectives and opinions out there about us or what our future should be. And when I got to thinking about all this, you know, thing, and again, it's not about the article, it's really about people writing things underneath, is uh, when squeezed, I want to respond with spirit-filled love. And I got to be honest, a few times reading those things, I had some things typed up. <laughs> They're very close to being posted. But yet I, this is, what I want, this is what I applied to my life this week, and I hope it applies to you this week for you. Is sometimes love doesn't run away from conflict, but it goes towards it. If we are going to respond with spirit-filled love, Okay, remember, discipleship is proved by our fruit, and one of those fruit are love. But Jesus' love is different. Why do I think Jesus' love is different? Because he applies some of these things. Jesus sometimes doesn't run away from the conflict, but he goes towards it. Now, for those Enneagram 8s out there, let me just read it differently. Sometimes you need to move towards, away from it. You need to actually run away for it. You know what I'm saying? Just run, just run, just, just run for, for a bit. But if we were gonna respond with spirit-filled love, sometimes we have to, we have to understand that love do, doesn't run away from conflict, but sometimes moves towards it. But here's number two, bite your tongue, tongue long enough. Bite your tongue long enough. You know, like take your phone off or take your thumbs off your phone just for a second. Uh, a friend of mine here at Echo literally texted me last night. He, and this is inspired by this point. He says, I'm biting my tongue on some comments circling social media, but please let us know if there's anything we can do besides pray for the future of Echo, please let us know. I think we could respond better in spirit-filled love if we weren't afraid to move towards conflict, but yet when we're moving towards it, we just bite our tongue, tongue long enough. Y'all get what I'm saying there? Well, isn't there a scripture that says something like, slow to speak? How about this one? If you have nothing good to say, maybe that's the moment we stop and pray for a moment and ask the spirit to bring clarity. I was sitting in my sauna yesterday and I was reading some of those articles and I just, I mean, or comments of the articles and I probably shouldn't have, but at some point I just literally put my phone down and I began to just say, spirit of God, fall fresh on me. <laughs> because I know what's in my spirit. I know how I wanna respond. I know how I wanna react. But in those moments, I think that could be our prayer is spirit of God fall fresh on me. 
This isn't self-help, this is spirit help. And, 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 and honestly, this is real. In your moment, in the fight of your, uh, the fight at your house or an argument with your kids or some tension at your workspace, what if we begin to apply that to our life? And then when we eventually get to that conflict, when we get to that discussion, can we just be true to honesty, honor and remain humble? I think that's why Jesus's love is different. God calls us to be different. And, and um, just a little more detail, there was an individual who posted something on one of those remarks and it was brought to my attention that he also was a local restaurant owner. What I was bummed to read that is I love that restaurant. My wife, have, my wife and I have frequented that restaurant. We love it. We, I've, I've, I've written a really nice review about that restaurant and yet he stated this comment about like, I wish, you know, I hope they're kicked to the curb more or less, you know, like I hope you're booted. And I was like, geez, man. And I was like, why would that guy do that? Why would he be so aggressive towards that? And so what I did, and again, some of you may or may not like this idea, but I privately messaged him. I mean, the world could change today if we all would private message. Let's just be honest. You know what I'm saying? We just private message a little bit more. And I just said, uh, excuse me, sir. I said, I'm the pastor of Echo Church. And honestly, I'm just shocked by your hostility towards us. And then I wrote about how much I liked his restaurant, how much I appreciated how, how we bring people and we celebrate with him. And I've written a review that, that honestly was like hoping that he would continue to succeed here in Rochester. And I said, if you wanna talk, I would love to chat with you just to learn what problem you have with me or potentially the church. I know kudos to him. He actually responded back and said, hey, call me, here's my number. And we actually had a phone call he kind of apologized. <laughs> and he regretted it and he deleted his comment. That wasn't my attempt. And then I got off the phone and I, and you know, again, I kept my cool and I obviously tried to apply these things in my life as best as I could. I was honest and told them that like, I felt like that was a reckless comment and you can, you know, you, you can be for someone, but you, doesn't mean you always are against something. You know what I'm saying? And I think he realized at that very moment. And then I got the phone and I got, I got my gut reaction was this, is I'm never gonna go to that restaurant again. Y'all relate to that? I mean, you, you know what I'm saying there? You guys wanna know what restaurant that is? I'd love to tell you, <laughs> but I won't. Some of you are in Google right now. Um, I told my wife, to be honest, I'm gonna be really frank. I told her I'm never gonna go to that restaurant again. Um, but something shifted me as I processed and I thought about it. And I got to thinking, I'm like, no, you know what? I am gonna go back to that restaurant. And I'm gonna tip better. I'm gonna encourage people to go to that restaurant and tip better. I guess, I mean, if, honestly, if, if some of you didn't think this was a passive aggressive move from me, I would tell you this restaurant. And I would tell all of us to go to that restaurant this week and to, to bombard his business and bless it and tip better than you've ever tipped before. And on the end of the, on the slip say, Echo loves you. 
because that is the definition of the love of Christ. Jesus's love is different. Do you understand me? We're called to a higher standard and within a culture that just wants to cancel and, and just attack and, and demean and, and minimize certain individuals, God has called us to be a church that rises above and, and, and lives within the love of God that we're engrafted. We have a higher standard. There's a better way I mean, here's some more practice. And instead of just saying, just saying, <laughs> if you just stop saying, just saying, can you just stop saying, to be honest? And can we just begin to state our opinion? <laughs> I think some of us, we come, you know, and again, we deal with this in our own home. I'm just saying, like, it's just like, this is, this is truth. This is, this is, you know, this is, you know, this is utter truth, you know, like, like this is just fact. Like, the, like, like, can we just slow down enough and can we allow the fruit of the spirit to dwell within us that would change the way we interact with people around us? And instead of, of being so reactive, can we respond in spirit-led love? Graham Cook writes an excellent book. He writes, what if you could exhaust the enemy with your love? What if you could depress him by being joyful? What if you could weary him by being, a, by being at peace and rest? What if you could demoralize him by your patience? What if you could discourage the enemy with your kindness? What if you could overcome him with goodness, debilitate him with faithfulness, trouble him with gentleness, dismay him with self-control, dishearten him with your faith, weaken him with your mercy, intimidate him with your intimacy, devastate him by your grace, paralyze him with your compassion, cripple him with your humility. What if? Can we just have a show of hands? Can we have a little honesty in this room today? Do we need some help in this area? <laughs> I mean, your pastor just admitted that I am a mess and I struggle through it and I try to do it as best as I can, but we need more love within our spirit. And today what I wanna do is I wanna take communion at this very moment. You can open up the top. If you need more communion, the ushers will run down the aisle and give it to you take the bread out and we can begin to open the juice. Anybody else struggling with the juice? I got it. As you're preparing, let me just tell you a few thoughts. I wanna take communion today because I want a reminder that God's love is different. Amen. And communion is that reminder. That reminder is this, that Jesus laid down his life for you while you were a sinner. Jesus laid his life down while you made negative comments towards him. Jesus laid 
his life down when you missed the mark. Jesus laid his life down when you tried to do life your way and yet he loved you. And as we take communion, I want this to be a reminder of Jesus's different love for us. Let's pray. Jesus today, your love is different. You are the vine and we're the branches. We admit today that we cannot do this on our own. We have a form of love. We have an image of love. There might be some similarities, but yet your love is so different. And we want that love to be rooted deep within us. So we need the spirit to do a work within us. We remember, we remember this simple fact that Jesus, you invited to us to the table with no requirement. You just said, come, sit. And as we eat the bread, we remind, we're reminded that your body was broken for us. You're bruised. You lost your life for us. You spilt your blood. This grape juice is a reminder of the blood that was spilt on the ground of your sheer passion and your excitement for us and your, the forgiveness of our sins, the forgiveness of us trying to do life on our own. And we say, thank you. And so God, as we partake, we ask that this would be a spiritual moment. There's nothing special about, about these elements, but your spirit is here and you want to just plant a seed, a love within our soul that could change the world and prove that we are following you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, let's partake. Echo Church, can you stand up? And we pray, pray a prayer every week. It reminds us that there's an old nature and yet you desire a new nature within us. That old nature, we surrender and that new nature, we ask for you to just shape us and renew us. And this prayer is a reminder that we can't do this on our own, but we get to do this together. Invite, we invite those people that have come into this room, you feel far from God. He wants you to step into his love today, free of charge. Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority, amen. Let's take a few moments and let the Holy Spirit continue to do his work within us this morning, amen.
time while Andy was speaking today, I had the word going over and over and over in my mind, invasion. God is a God who wants to invade your life today. And even just paralleling the lyrics to the song we just sang, one of the most beautiful things about the God that we serve and the God that we get to live for is that he is a gentle father, but he is a God that does not give up. And he is a God that chases you and leaves the 99. And right now, I just want to pray over every single one of you to allow God to invade your life. When I think of invading, I think a lot of times we can think of intrusion and attack. But on the flip side, when I think of the Holy Spirit invading your life, it's us surrendering and allowing God to trespass in those rooms of darkness, in those situations, in those relationships, and I just have this vision of a maze. We're in this maze, but the walls are actually really low, but the enemy tells us they're really high. And God sees down and he knows exactly where you are. And I just wanna pray for you to allow him to invade your life. Jesus, we just come to you right now and I pray for a holy spirit encounter. I pray for a God-centered invasion. Trespass the areas of our life that we have said you're not allowed in trespass into the relationships where we are stuck, where we are broken, and where we see a dead end, God. I pray right now for you to invade every single person in this room's hearts, minds, and souls. God, give us a love that remains. Give us a love that surpasses all things, God. We come to you, break ground in our soil, soften our hard ground. God, we are in the dirt and it is messy but that's where it starts. That's where the seeds are birthed, God. And I just pray right now for you to give us purpose and give us perspective. Give us the tools to cultivate the life that you have called us to live. Jesus, invade us today. Let our lives look different. Let us go back to the day where we gave our lives to you. And if it's today, God, we give you the glory. Equip us and use us in your holy name, amen. It was a very challenging message for myself and I'm sure for you. And I just wanna pray over you this week. I pray for a breakthrough and I pray that you know that you are not alone. If you are visiting for the very first time, we just wanna say welcome. Let's cheer for our, our newbies. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time in a long time, we wanna celebrate you as well.